0: I'm Jason Nichols, and I'm on the left. And I'm Vince Colonnays, and I'm on the right. And, and if, we if we can't, can't find, find common, common ground, ground in this, this world, world today, today, then we're all just travelers passing each other in an international airport. And this great American experiment will be relegated to the trash bin of history. So let's come together to debate without yelling, and, and let's, let's save this, this nation. nation. Dr. Alveda King gets us talking about abortion. It's all ahead on Vincent Jason Save the Nation.
1: More Americans support life from the womb to the tomb than those who support aborting little innocent babies in the womb. So now that the Supreme Court is revisiting, there again, we've got to repent, pray, and just keep supporting the sanctity of life from the womb to the tomb.
2: Vincent Jason's Save the Nation is brought to you by Goldco. Hey guys, welcome back to Vince and Jason Save the Nation. I'm Dr. Jason Nichols. This is my buddy Vince Colonies, And today we have a whole lot to talk about. Vince, what's on, what's on the menu?
0: Well, this week we were expecting the Supreme Court potentially to come down with a ruling on uh, the Texas abortion law that's gotten so much attention over the last year. Um, that is not yet set to happen. It may happen in December. But in the meantime, Alveda King, Martin Luther King Jr.'s niece, was on Fox today, that is Monday, discussing this case. Let's take a look.
2: Supreme Court justices could rule as early as today on this Texas abortion ban. What are your thoughts there?
1: Actually, if you look at the statistics, when the abortion ban was passed, America took a sigh of relief. More Americans support life from the womb to the tomb than those who support aborting little innocent babies in the womb. So now that the Supreme Court is revisiting, there again, We've got to repent, pray, and just keep supporting the sanctity of life from the womb to the tomb. That's what I do over at Speak for Life. That's what I do when I pray. And we're one blood and and one human race and not different races. So those little babies in the womb deserve a chance to live. And we pray that the Supreme Court will remember why they already approved saving the lives of those little babies.
0: All right Alveda King weighing in on this and saying hey look Americans by and large are for protecting unborn babies Uh, and that's definitely true the further you get in pregnancy no question as you look at the the polling the later and later things get in pregnancy the more uh, the majority of Americans are for restrictions Uh, and so you know again this is a complicated issue Jason Nichols uh, abortion because it's so there's so many sort of fierce opinions about it on both sides I'll I'll admit, as I always do, that I'm uh, unashamedly, unabashedly uh, pro-life in terms of protecting that child from conception to birth. Uh, But with all of that said, uh, the Texas has a big decision in front of it. I mean, the Supreme Court, that is, has a big decision in front of it.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, So I, I have one question for you. How do you feel about the morning after pill?
0: The morning after pill. Um, describe its effects. I've heard it before. There's uh, there's some there's some debate that it's an abortifacient, right? That um, it actually takes a fertilized egg and kills it off. Uh, and then there's others that claim that it stops that process from happening.
2: Yeah, I, I was under the impression that it was the former. Um, mm-hmm. That it, it it you know essentially uh, takes an egg that has been fertilized and keeps it from doing so but i could be wrong about that it could be um but that would make it a contraception Mm -hmm. you know right like that that's different than you know to me that that would make it very very much like like a condom Uh pretty much or or you know a, a, a spermicide or uh what was the the thing that she used in the um in that episode of seinfeld sponge there was the sponge did you ever see that episode uh, where no like, i don't remember it <laughs> like that the l- elaine had, elaine did that yeah it was like her favorite form of contraception and so guys would have to interview with her to see if they were sponge worthy like she had a bunch of sponges <laughs> and guys would like so be really like weird. well you know yeah and it would be like are you sponge worthy um at any rate that that's the way i i, I would look at it uh-huh. and i don't think that that is the case but you know that's a good question i you know i really don't have
0: now um, i'm looking at it it's, it's, there is there's a bunch of literature on this that, on just in terms of like googling for it uh that <laughs> demonstrates that the morning after pill plan b is not the same as are you 486 which is the abortion pill and the suggestion here is that plan b does not cause a miscarriage or abortion that's the claim that's straightforward on uh on uh google but so why do you ask actually that let's just go back to that What what do you what do you What role do you think that should play?
2: Uh, No, I was just asking, you know, right after conception and, you know, if we're talking about within the first 42 hours, uh, excuse me, 48 hours, um, you know, even if an egg has been fertilized, like Mm -hmm. nothing has happened. So a lot of the premise that we hear is, for example, with Texas and with Mississippi is the so-called heartbeat you know, that this is an actual child, it has an actual heartbeat. But when a sperm enters an egg, is that a child? Like when does when does something start being a fetus and a child Mm -hmm. versus just a cell entering an egg, you know, and and so I, I think it becomes a larger discussion. And by the way, with these heartbeat bills, and you and I, I think discussed this in the last episode, or at least we mentioned it, is that even with the six weeks and the quote unquote heartbeat bill, it isn't really a heartbeat bill because a fetus doesn't have a heart at that point. It has not developed a heart. It's just kind of pulsating, um, which you could still argue, you know, indicates life. And I I get that, but it's a misnomer to call it a heartbeat bill. So, um, you know, I just wonder like where, how far people are taking, you know, when life begins and and um you know people are saying <clears throat> bring it earlier and earlier yeah and so i, I always wonder you know how people feel about uh some of the early means of ending um
0: yeah here's let me without without understanding sort of the technical um side of obviously i quite clearly don't about you know, plan B, morning after pill, yeah, neither, how it works.
2: neither do I, clearly. Um,
0: but, let me, but let me just stipulate kind of like where I am on principle. It's just that, first of all, I, I believe in God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that, you know, that, as a, it's a, that human life is a blessing.
2: Sure.
0: And um, that, you know, one of, the, one of the great things about our existence is science is a really interesting and important roadmap for being able to understand the world we live in. And one of the scientific ways we've established that a human life exists is, do they have their own independent DNA? Do they have their own chromosomes? You know, and sort of, so, so the, the telltale markers of new human life exist pretty instantly upon uh, conception. And so as a result, we should do as much as we can to, to nurture, nurture and deliver that human life. That's, so let that's me, my view on that.
2: So where, where do you stand on the death penalty?
0: I've wrestled with it over the years uh, um, and I don't, I, I've often heard the arguments about the death penalty. Um, like, well, you can't be for the death penalty if you're opposed to abortion. And I, I, I think on its face, that's a false argument. And the reason for that is because of the guilt of the person in question. I, whereas like a, a baby is, is guilty of nothing. Whereas if you are you know, taking human life Uh, or doing some sort of heinous act that would justify the death penalty I've I've definitely wrestled with it through the years Um, I prefer if we didn't have to do it I do think that uh, there is justified killing Uh, so you know in the in 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 an act of war or if you have to stop somebody from slaughtering others I think that's totally justified to kill them to stop that it's an unfortunate circumstance but it has I think it has to be done it's, it's role as a punitive measure. I'm open-minded about it. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's as productive as we want it to be, uh, in terms of like, you know, the reason we kill people, we put people on death row is to send a message to others that like, Hey, this is, this is, there's a bright red line. And if you cross it, the consequences could be that you forfeited your own life, um, through our justice system. Uh, I'll admit to, to not having super strong feelings on the subject. Um, but you know, I'm, I, I do think in the end, as you said a few minutes ago, you know, whether or not mankind judges an individual, God will in the end.
2: Yeah, I, I tend to leave, you know, um, generally uh, questions. First of all, I, I, I try not to weigh in on things that I don't think I understand. Um, and so that's why within the you know, the, the first 20 weeks of a pregnancy, um, you know, I don't feel the, that I can go around and tell women what to do with their own bodies, particularly with, a, <clears throat> excuse me, a fetus that can't live outside of the body on, his, on its own without some sort of medical intervention. Um, I I like I said I it's an uncomfortable subject for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and but do you? Let me I ask, don't
0: feel. Let me ask a question of you because you just used an important phrase. You said you don't want to tell women what to do with their own bodies. Is there a point in the pregnancy where
2: you're talking about uh, two different bodies? Sure, absolutely. Like I said, um, after after twenty weeks, um, you know, of course, the numbers shifts around depending on who you talk to. But usually, I mean, 20 weeks, I think is the very earliest that um, a fetus can live outside of the body without major medical intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, those are two separate bodies. Those, you know, when, when you're at 21 weeks, 22 weeks where um, the fetus can live outside of the body, develop on its own and survive, that's, yes. a, viable, that's a viable human life. And just like I would feel like if you see a woman and she's visibly pregnant and uh-huh. you commit a homicide, you've taken two lives. That's right. But, but, I, I mean?
0: but I kind of think the viability standard is what, what you're referring to is like when a baby when a baby can live outside the womb, there's a lot of people who draw the line where you do. Uh, at least on that and, and, or at least use that line. Maybe you're not drawing the line there, but they use that line as the point at which they're like, "Mm, I'm a lot less okay with abortion. In fact, I might even be openly opposed to it at, at the place that uh, that baby's viable. The reality is like babies are still of course, dependent on their mothers, even after they're born. They're like, like, you can't just like leave a baby, like in the middle of a room and be like, good luck. Like you're on your own.
2: Like, no, like that baby's completely dependent on, uh, that not necessarily or, on the mother, not on the mother's body, uh, of course, well, certainly, you
0: know, certainly, you know, if they're
2: breastfeeding, for, if, of course, but but there are other means of feeding. That's true.
0: There are options. Uh, you know, a,
2: a, a baby and anyone can breastfeed that baby. It's not part of the mother's body. Like, you know, your wife can breastfeed one of my children you know what i mean like
0: <laughs> that's technically true let's yeah this is
2: making me uncomfortable i'm I, sorry here, the, here's my point. My child,
0: why would that make you uncomfortable i'm just teasing you, you but know, here's I, the thing here here, here's the thing i just think that like the viability standard that's clearly where the supreme court in roe v wade decided it was going to draw the line and i just think that that has been sort of a convenient um rhetorical end point for this conversation uh broadly on the issue of abortion You're like well when the as soon as the baby can live outside the womb i don't know the baby like babies are are vulnerable and are, are entirely dependent on adult care uh for a long time right <laughs> that's even, true well but, after they're born and right. so and so this idea that like like the need for an adult has disappeared beyond 20 weeks and therefore it's it's fine that you can't kill the baby anymore. I don't know. It's like, I just think that this is kind of a convenient moral posture that gets harder and harder to defend as science advances, right? So like we get to see more about what's happening inside the womb. Like the advances in imaging and what we can detect have really changed a lot of hearts and minds about this subject. And it's one of the rare issues where you know Democrats and Republicans have basically taken positions on this as parties. Democrats, they're for abortion, although they not. They, they, I don't think anybody is for abortion.
2: So sorry. rhetorically,
0: well, I, I mean, I was going to say, I was going to say, but by and large, Democrats in polls, the further you get along in pregnancy, are in favor of more restrictions. Um, but I, but as a basic matter, they're for abortion, and as a basic matter, Republicans are opposed to abortion. Now, is there a gray area in those numbers? Of course, um, but. I I just, I, this is one of the few areas I think, given the science that you've seen the numbers move in the direction of the Republican position, just because of like people's cognizance of what's actually going on in the development of this child, thanks to technology, thanks to science. It's kind of an interesting and fascinating development. And um, I guess it's further proof that like science shouldn't necessarily be separated uh, it shouldn't be at all from our understanding of faith and of God as well. So let, because- me, let me,
2: let me jump in and just say a couple of things. Number okay. one, my understanding is nobody is, or very few people are for abortion. Um, They are against restrictions on women to make their own uh, choices about their bodies.
0: So they support legal um, abortion is what I mean to say. Sure
2: okay, so I'll accept that. Um, uh, but no one is like, "Hey, let's try to encourage as many women to have as many abortions as as possible. Like I don't I don't know anybody who's like that. Well that that I used to most- be that used
0: to be a more open position of the environmental left. Yeah, so there was a there was a depopulation. Uh, push, because they yeah. thought that the the, kind, the world was getting too populated and that food would be exhausted. So there was right. sort of an affirmative, so, we need to abort more children position among some activists.
2: So one of the things that, that I would say to that, um, so first of all, you are correct. And as a matter of fact, Bill Gates um, has talked about overpopulation. <clears throat> and the problem the the one of the things that I think is that I think you and I agree on is that we're not overpopulated. There are enough resources to feed every human being on the planet. Yes, yeah. it's over consumption of a few nations, including the United States, that consumes uh, more uh, a larger portion of the world's resources than. Uh, its share of the population. I think it's something like we consume like a third of the world's resources, but we're 7% of the world's population or something to that effect. I, I don't remember the exact numbers. I do remember we're about 7% of the world's population. So again, I think this is, it's not an issue of overpopu- of overpopulation. Um, it's how we consume resources and uh you know how we take care of the planet yeah that has nothing to do with having too many people people can have babies like that's okay um I think there there's a lot of concern I think a lot of people on the left see hypocrisy uh with people who are anti-abortion or you know when they're when they're against abortion Mm -hmm. access and abortion rights I think what they see is, yeah, but you don't want kids to get early education. You don't want entitlements to make sure uh, kids and their families are stable and have food and have shelter and have all of the things and healthcare, all of the things that are going to be necessary for this child to actually thrive in life. So. Uh, I think that's one of the things that that is upsetting. And, and again, you and I have talked about this. You are not in this category. But there are a lot of people, they're not worried about the fact that here in the United States, that so many, that a, a disproportionate amount of Black children are dying during childbirth. You know? So these are viable kids. Yeah, yeah. And Black women... Black women are dying during childbirth and the babies in some cases are dying during childbirth disproportionately. Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be a discussion about that on the right. That should be a major issue of you're all about life, you mm-hmm. know, particularly in the most developed nation in the world. And when you look at African-Americans, particularly in certain communities, we can take communities like everyone talks about Chicago and the, and the deaths in Chicago from gun violence. But we could talk about in Englewood, on the south side of Chicago, the rate of maternal death is similar, and and, uh, infant mortality, so dying before the age of one, uh, are similar to countries like Honduras, you know, and Singapore, and Mexico, and... So a lot of people say it's kind of disingenuous to just think about life in this particular way. And then I brought up, of course, the death penalty, Mm -hmm. um, where you tell people that they can't judge. Of course, I understand um, the whole thing about innocence uh, and guilt. And of course, a newborn is innocent Mm -hmm. and a person on death row may be guilty. We're, you know, we're finding a lot of people getting exonerated. Shout out to Ronnie Long, shout out to That's a true. lot of people who have been exonerated uh, because they were either not guilty or not proven guilty because they didn't have a fair trial. So with that being said, we are, you tell people, okay, you can't determine who lives and who dies Uh But then later on you say, well, I'm going to determine who lives and who dies. Right. And, And the point, the point there
0: would be, if you support it, that the person who is on death row made the decisions that led to them forfeiting their life rather than merely somebody else decided to kill them. You know what I mean? So, and, and, you know, and that's, and that's our justice system. We rely on juries. We rely on, on judges and, uh, and attorneys, and, and that's that's the system. And by the way, it's like I, I, with all of its problems, all of its mistakes, some of them very much on display. Certainly, as you pointed out, people who are on death row, and they there's later evidence that is exonerating. DNA evidence has been extraordinary on this. Advances in science have been a big deal on this. Um, that's a sign that we get things wrong. But it's the closest thing to the best system on the planet. It might, I think, it is the best working criminal justice system on the planet. And it is, it still remains, as you know, flawed.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, um, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about some of the the racial disparities in, in the death penalty. And I think you and I would both agree and acknowledge those, um, that uh, there are racial issues with our justice system, and particularly when it comes to the death penalty. Um, so I, I I think that you know when we talk about this issue, um, allowing for that nuance is important. Allowing for the for someone like me to say, you know, I don't feel comfortable making decisions about a woman's body, mm-hmm. but when it's clear to me that this is a this is another human, you know what I mean? This is another human who can live outside of the body yeah and like i said you're you're right you do need you are dependent upon an adult my 10 year old is dependent upon yeah adults um so you are dependent upon an adult but you're not necessarily dependent upon one particular adult's body so for example let me like i I said
0: can i ask you a question on this this whole like you know you don't want to say you don't want to tell a woman what to do with her body but what about if you're the father, like what, like, should, should you be excluded from this? And again, I don't actually accept the idea that it's just her body. I, just to be clear on my position on this, but even, even if you are in that position and you decide at some point as, as you have that, okay, now we're really talking about two bodies and we should be right. cognizant of that. Um, You know, if you're, if your wife finds out she's pregnant or not, not just yours, but any hypothetical right. wife sure. finds out she's pregnant, Don't you have any say or any input whatsoever into
2: whether or not she gets an abortion? So uh, absolute. Well, so you were referring to a child that is, that is viable. You know, we Uh, we have no idea. We have no
0: idea if the kid's going to be viable. All we know is your wife is pregnant and she comes to you and says, I'm going to get an abortion. What's your position? I mean me right
2: now. Me as an individual? No, I'm just, I I, yeah, I was going to say absolutely I'm talking not, hypothetically. Right? hypothetically. We're, we're going we're gonna to have a very, very strong conversation about that because I am in a position to financially, yeah. even though it's, I, I might have to sell some things. You yeah. know, some things might go on eBay. The only
0: point you know, I'm making, but, Jason, the point, the only point I'm making is like these kind of sort of like the bumper stickers, like, hey, it's, it's only a woman, only between a woman and her doctor. Actually, not entirely. No, it's also it's also the father of the child who should play a role, in particular if they That's actually true. have a relationship, the, the two. So um I, and and I just and it's and it's weird how we like cut the men out where it's like there's a very dismissive attitude towards men in this debate. Um obviously women carry the workload here, being pregnant right. and delivering a child. But but men are obviously one, an essential ingredient, and two interested parties like this this is their child we're talking about uh so and i and i think that like if we were like a mature society we'd be more willing to acknowledge that but so, there's not a lot of that
2: so i i I agree i wonder if there's some way to work that out um Mm -hmm. and i and i you know it's it's interesting because i remember there's a woman she's the first person to write about this and others have written about it since uh and taken credit but there's a woman who I don't agree with, and I a lot of times, not all the time, but there are a few things. And she wrote this book called "When Chicken Heads Come Home to Roost." It's a funny kind of, you know, book about, you know, black feminism in the hip hop generation. Anyway,
0: mm.
2: I'm forgetting her name, but at any rate, she was the person who who kind of put the shoe on the other foot. And what she said was. Uh, that her name men, is Joan. Her name's Joan Morgan. Joan Morgan, exactly. So mm-hmm. Joan Morgan wrote that when m- men impregnate a woman, that they should have. You know, if they ask for the woman to have an abortion, of course, the, it's the woman's body, and she can say, "No, I'm going to have this baby." But after that, the man should have the right to abdicate his parental rights and not pay child support. Right. Because it's, you know, he, his wishes are not being followed there. He's a part of this process. He said to end this pregnancy, you decided no, but you can't come to him and say, now you're responsible. That's so her
0: position, Joan's position.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, to me, it was it was the first time I read that, and it was interesting. I mean, I'd never heard that. It was like, yeah. you know, up to that point, and this is, I don't know, that book is like 1995 or something or 98 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so up to that point, I was like, and she makes some interesting comments about masculinity that I think were really interesting. I think you would actually agree with Um. Well, uh, this is this is the
0: Dave Chappelle joke, too. I mean, Chappelle ended up turning this into a joke in one of his recent specials, because he was talking about like, hey, look, if women can abort the child, then men should be able to stop paying child support if they decide to. And his line was the kicker on the line was, if you can kill this mother effer, then I can at least abandon him <laughs> yeah. like and it's yeah. like uh, which was and then, And so he goes, it's my money, my choice. And then he ended it with, "And if I'm wrong, then perhaps we're wrong." And then he just moved on. He like right. just left this little brain bomb just like right in the in the audience. And then he just moved on. And people are like, they spent the whole time. You should the hooting, the hollering, the laughing going on as he was like straight up. He claimed he was pro-choice the entire time, but then he sticks the landing with that ending. And boy, yeah. it's a thought
2: provoker. Yeah, I mean, well, again, I got you. Got to hand it to Joan Morgan. She was the first person, yeah. at least. That I that I'm aware of. Uh-huh. She was the first person to, to say that, and I was like, I was mind blown to hear. And she was like, "This is feminism, you know what I mean? Like everybody says, oh, you know, women should have full autonomy of their bodies, and da 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 da. But right. then a man should pay." She was like, "No, that's yeah. not feminism. Feminism is okay. I'm deciding to have this child." Yes. Then I'm responsible from here on out if the man doesn't want to be a part of it.
0: Yes. It's establishing and, independence rather than dependence.
2: Right. So it was it was an interesting concept, you know. Um, I gotta say, and, and it kept it, I, I was as mind-blown as you were after the Chappelle joke, you know, mm-hmm. that probably came 20 years later. Yeah. Um, but and by the way, my position
0: continues to be they both have obligations to the child. Uh and but re- like re- regardless of desire, but That said, yeah, no, you're right. It's there's when you start digging into this and start like actually, and you get past the bumper stickers and you really start thinking about all the contours of this debate. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff that should make people. It's definitely make people on all sides sort of reckon with okay, what do they believe? Why do they believe it? And is it consistent
2: with with reality? I just, I as a person on the left, I will just say this: my one position and concern. Regarding abortion, mm-hmm. it's just for those of you who are pro, pro-life, pro I want to say this. I'm saying this right in the camera. I understand where you're coming from and your position. I don't fully agree, but I, I totally understand it. I'm empathetic to it. My only concern is I just hope that you put the same energy into children who are already here yeah that that's my my thing and i think
0: that's a really respectable position um now there there's a thought on the left that what that should consist of it's not just on the left actually there's some elements of the populist right that are for it too that what that should consist of is robust government spending in the form of direct payments to families and that's that kind of thing um now i don't i don't think that that's necessarily the recipe for human flourishing um, I've seen, I think we, and, and, but, but I agree with the basic premise, which is you need a society that actually cares about its young. And, um, so not only in conception, not only by the time they're born, but for the duration of their lives and that they, that they grow up to be, um, productive and fulfilled American citizens. I think that's a great idea and, yeah. and, and worth remembering.
2: Right. And he, and human beings, you know, um, so I, um I'm, I'm I think that one of the things that you and I have done is i I think we've modeled a, a discussion that can be had about this issue, mm-hmm. you know what I mean like i and you know, maybe on the show you know when when we do an interview and we want to say happy Thanksgiving or happy indigenous day or whatever whatever you want to celebrate um if, I call it family day happy family day get a get a good meal with your family appreciate them love them um and I really- like
0: Thanksgiving like regardless of whatever you care whatever you think of the existence of Thanksgiving just the idea that people take a day to be grateful yeah it gives yeah thanks. we need a lot more of that because there, boy there's like a, like way yeah. too many people who are self-centered and obsessed with themselves like just be grateful for what you have your blessings the people around you the things that actually improve your life and I'm sure there's people who are who come into Thanksgiving uh, thinking that, boy, they've got nothing. I mean, you've, and, and, and hard times, you've got a life. For God sure. has given you talents and, um, and you should use them uh, for, for good. Because- no, I agree. Uh,
2: you know, I, I'm in hundred percent agreement. Um, you know, it, it, the, the idea of giving thanks doesn't have to be attached to any historical event. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, I I think that that is a time, you know, that we should all be grateful, particularly those of us who are beginning to be able to spend time with our families last year we did, you know, for most of us Uh, didn't get to spend that time with our with our families or our extended families, they say that um, this week is going to be one of the biggest travel weeks um, in several years, because Mm. people miss their loved ones right missed sitting down at the table. And uh, watching football and doing all the things that people do uh, for this holiday. And I think that that's a beautiful thing that to me, I don't attach to, to some historical event that probably never happened. Um, the, the
0: pilgrims and the indians didn't sit down at like a, like a
2: 20-man table and just swap food <laughs> yeah yeah and the, you know the indians showed them maize for the first time
0: <laughs> um and they weren't wearing like you know paper uh, crafted uh like indian feathers and and uh pilgrim hats
2: right right but you know this is all because i believe in critical race theory you know and I mean, i'm trying to change <laughs> we'll, the we'll fix and that and we'll I'm, fix that i'm trying to change america Um, America needs to believe that you know the indians and the pilgrims got along and then the indians just magically decided hey you know we want to move let's move on that non-fertile reservation land (laughs) but at any (laughs) rate all right well let me let me
0: say one last thing here because i know i know we've got to go here's the thing um for one i'm thankful for the people who helped make this show possible everybody from logan harris to Uh, To, of course, Richie McGinnis, who, um, you know, you probably know from other televised uh, events. (laughs) Um, And, of course, Neil Patel, uh, uh, the publisher of The Daily Caller, who had this idea for Jason and I to do this. And I'm thankful for Jason Nichols as well for the year of conversation now that we've had over so many issues. It constantly keeps my mind moving. And then also I'm thankful to the sponsors of our program, the people who decided to put a little money into supporting what we're doing here. Uh, this year. That has included Grunt Style this year, and it also supports this sponsor as well. Vincent Jason Save the Nation is brought to you by Goldco.
2: I also want to say that I am thankful for all those people who uh, make this show happen, make this show possible. I also want to say that I'm thankful to all of the wives and girlfriends yes, uh, and maybe boyfriends, I'm not even sure, uh, of the people here who allow for, for example, Vince's wife, yep. or, who allows for him to take this time uh, to sit here and argue with me all the time. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: my wife and my boyfriend, actually, have given me this time. <laughs> I'm really, really grateful to that.
2: Thankful, thankful. Thanks, Tim. Uh, you know, <laughs> there is no Tim. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm thankful to, to your wife and, and your daughter, um, because that's time that you could be spending with your family and you spend it here with me having these kinds of conversations so that we can let the 12 of you out there yeah. hear our perspectives. Yeah, one per month. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think that's pretty important. And uh, I also am grateful for, for all of you who are watching. You know, yeah. um, I know that <clears throat> sometimes we say things that don't go along with your political beliefs or your political biases or your religious beliefs, your religious biases. And the fact that you guys are here and willing to listen to other perspectives, it's you guys that are open-minded enough to do that, um, that are going to take this country to to the next level and are the future of this nation. The people who are all siloed off um, and don't love their neighbors and don't want to even hear their neighbor's side of things and perspectives, they're not taking this country forward. But you guys who are here, whether you vehemently disagree, I know we had a really tough discussion today about abortion, which is a really touchy subject for a lot of people. Um, the fact that you guys sat here, listened to another perspective, that puts you in a different place that's actually going to take this nation forward. Um, you know, we're two guys who love this country. Mm-hmm. We have disagreements. We agree on certain things. But we believe that you need to listen to your neighbor. You need to know their perspective. You need to hear them out. Yeah. Um, and, and what you will find out, as Vince and I have, you know, two very different people, have found out is that we have more in common than we even knew before. Um, And I think that's why we've become friends. That's why, you know, you know, everyone who works on this show has become friends. So shout out to Neil Patel's wife, who makes a a wonderful meal, who made a wonderful meal one day when we all. uh, Yeah, when we were kicking this thing off. Right. So um, I think when she sees how few views we get. I don't think we're ever going to get another meal, but we are still thankful for that one. Uh, and, you know, we just want to say uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Um, we all have something to give thanks for. We have uh, to give thanks that we're, we're in a country where we're free to say what it is that we want yep. and believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's people like you that, that make it happen. So with that said, uh, you can check us out yep. and tell your friends. On anywhere there's a podcast, of course, on YouTube and fa- Facebook. Watch, like, subscribe, comment. We wanna hear your perspectives. Uh and we genuinely appreciate them, whether they're good or bad, but just keep coming back, keep keep watching. Yeah. And we're gonna keep trying to give you the best content possible.
0: Good call. Thanks, Jason Nichols. Happy Thanksgiving.